Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Catherine Miller, the host of this program. I'm on a mission to change how people divorce in New York, and I'm sitting here today with Gail Loeb. Gail is president and CEO of Loeb Planning Group, and she started her financial planning career in 1987 in order to help people manage the transitions in their lives, which divorce certainly is one of. Gail helps families plan for financial security and independence. And that is why she became an expert on Social Security rules, so she can help clients integrate their Social Security benefits with their total retirement picture. And that is really relevant to people facing divorce and big transitions in their lives. Welcome, Gail. Thank you, Catherine. It's really great to have you here. And one of the reasons that I thought it would be great to have you on Dialogue on Divorce is that my clients and their spouses and clients that I have in mediation as well often have questions as to when their Social Security benefits will kick in, what the spousal share will be, when they can take that. And I thought maybe you could give us just a brief primer on Social Security benefits when they kick in, what the various relevant ages are, and just so we get a baseline. Catherine, Social Security is so confusing. The rules are so complex, and it's really hard for most people to understand the rules. For regular people, you know, not divorcing, you can start taking it at age 62. But if you take it before age 66, which is full retirement age, you are locked in. You cannot switch there is a 25% reduction between age 62 and 66. And there's another 32% reduction between 66 and 70. So if you take it early, you are locked into a much lower number. So is that age 62, is that called what's called, quote, early retirement? Yes. Okay, so you're eligible to start taking it at 66, but you get a reduced number. And you are stuck with that number, you cannot switch. Now, if you take it at 66, you can switch. So if you take it on your spouse's record or your ex-spouse's record, you can switch to your own at 70. Okay, Uh, so let's back up. Let's let's just imagine just somebody just taking their own Social Security benefits, just just to establish a baseline, right? So someone at age 66 on their own benefit could take early retirement at 62 and they would have a... Did at say, 66. No, early retirement. Oh, yes. At 62. Yes. yes. That, and that would be a 20... Did you say a 25? 25% reduction. So they get 25% less than they would if they waited to 66 and they retired at, quote, full retirement age. Correct. But there is a, like, what do they call it? Is it delayed? Delayed or? earning credits of another 8% a year. Okay. So from 66 to 70, that's another... So you could take it at any time between 66 and 70 when you have to start taking it. Correct. Right? And for every year that you delay beyond 66, you get an additional 8%. Where do you know of a job where you can get a guaranteed 8% a year raise? Yeah, I don't, I don't know of one. So that's really good planning, a planning tool to see if you, just anyone 
can delay taking their Social Security as late as possible, knowing that you'll have to take it starting at age 70. Correct. All right. And I just want to say, this is WBOX 1460 AM. And if you have any questions about Social Security and divorce or Social Security at all for Gail, and you want to give us a call, the number here is 914-636-0110. 914-636-0110. All right. So, Gail, now coming back to the issue of for a, a divorced person, right? You've talked about the difference between taking one's own benefit and a spousal share. Correct. So maybe we could, before we talk about divorce, talk about how does the spousal share work for people who are married? Great. So the spouse is entitled to one half of the worker. Let's, for simplicity, no discrimination intended, make the work of the man and the wife, the spouse. If the worker has a record on his own, the spouse can take the spousal share at 62, but you don't get half at 62. You get half at 66. At 62, you actually get 35% of the primary worker's benefit, and you are locked into that number. Okay. So Let's call them John and Mary. Good. Okay. So John (laughs) is a primary earner. Mary has worked periodically through the marriage, but she hasn't worked consistently and for a high wage for a long period of time. All right. These are my fictitious people. Right. So what you're saying for Mary, John can take his early retirement benefit like we were just talking about at 62. He could take his full retirement benefit at 66 or he could take delayed the delayed at any point beyond 66 and get an extra 8% a year. But Mary... Right. Talking about Mary, she has a Social Security benefit, but it's not very much. So she could choose to take either her own or the spousal share. Correct. And what you're saying is that the spousal share, if she waits till age 66, is 50% of John's. So here's what I recommend to people when the numbers work out. They don't always work out. And we have a special Social Security calculator where we actually crunch the numbers and we offer that free of charge complimentary. But here's what we typically recommend is that at 66, John would file and suspend. So he actually makes Mary eligible. So he files and suspends and doesn't take his, he lets his grow till he's 70 and he can get the max. But Mary at 66 can take half of John's. Okay, so he is not actually receiving a benefit, but she is once she reaches age 66. Right. And if she has enough credits on her own record, she could let her benefit grow to 70 as well. So then they're both getting their max benefit at 70. It can be really powerful. Can I just give you a couple of numbers? Sure. If today at 66, the max benefit is about $2,000. No, sorry, at 62, the max benefit is $2,000. That number over 30 years with a 2.7% inflation COLA can grow to over a million dollars. So it's an asset that can be worth a lot of money. So that $2,000 at age 62, if you took it at 66, the max you could get today would be $2,685 a month. That over 30 years comes to $2.3 million. I never thought that Social Security was really exciting until this moment. (laughs) (laughs) It is a multi-million dollar asset or can be if properly strategized. And if you wait till 70, that number is well over $3,000 a month and that can grow to $3.5 million over 25 years. So it's so critical that people 
make the right choice because it is irrevocable. And it's really interesting because I think people, when they reach retirement age, particularly when they're getting divorced, make kind of short, short-sighted decisions, you know, because right, they're worried correct. about cash flow. But really what you're saying is to really take the time to plan for this makes a lot of sense. Planning is so important. So let's now imagine John and Mary are divorced. Okay, they've been married. They and were they've married. been to you. So they've got the best possible divorce. Thank you. <laughs> so they were married for over 10 years. And they've been divorced for five years. Now let's talk about what Mary's because one thing I think that you said before was that if once John reaches retirement age, if Mary is younger, she has to wait till she herself reaches retirement age to take the spousal share when they're married. Only so- if she wants to switch to her own at 70. If she doesn't want to switch to her own or her own is small or non-existent, she can take it at 62. Okay. But again, if she wants to have some flexibility, her her ability to take the spousal share with flexibility is based on her age, not on his age. Right. So if he's younger, he's older, that doesn't make a difference. Is that right? Well, he has to be of retirement age for her to claim. Okay. So if she married a much younger, you know, Don Juan, that's not going to work. He has to be of retirement age and then she can take it at 62 to 66 or beyond. But if she wants to switch to her own later, she needs to do it at 66. So she and Mary both need to be 66 to maintain this flexibility. Yes. Or older. Yes. 66 or older. Okay. So I have a question about Mary, but first I want to remind people that this is Dialogue on Divorce. This is Catherine Miller, and I'm speaking with Gail Loeb, and we're talking about Social Security on Divorce and WVOX. WVOX is also on the internet at WVOX.com and 1460 AM, and we're here every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30. So, Gail Loeb, when people are divorcing, now we're talking about John and Mary divorced, Oftentimes people ask me, and so I'm going to tell you what I know, and then you can take over and give a little bit more details. And that is that if people are married for over 10 years, and I've just learned from you today, and have been divorced for two years or more, correct? Right, then they are still entitled to receive the spousal share, and the, it doesn't impact the other spouse's retirement benefit at all. Is that correct? Correct. And the other spouse doesn't even have to know that they're claiming. And the children don't have to know. I have a client who absolutely didn't want her ex-spouse or children to know she was claiming for some reason. And I said, nobody has to know. No, that's really good information that it's a, it maintains privacy. Right. Beyond the divorce. Right. All right. What are Mary's choices as a divorced spouse? Do they differ at all from a married spouse? Not really. It's pretty much, you know, 66 is the magic number and she can switch at 70. We've had a number of clients who've done that. But if you start at 62, you're stuck. So when you were talking before about John and Mary, marry John and Mary, and that they would maybe have John elect and then toll? File and suspend. File and suspend. Right. Meaning, that would mean saying, notifying the Social Security Administration that he was 66. Yep. And then yep. to suspend the benefit yes. so as not to receive it. Yes. Is that what you need to do if you want to wait till 70? Yes. Okay. If you want your spouse to collect. If you want your spouse. So On th- your record. So does it matter, does John, now moving back to divorce John and Mary, does John need to suspend, file and suspend? In no, order for, no. So the divorce spouse, if it's the marriage was over two years or more, they just contact Social Security. 
There's right. no filing and suspending by the primary worker. So there's no requirement. Mary, a divorced Mary, does not need to get John to do, her ex-husband, to do anything in order to claim his Goodness, benefit. goodness, no. Mary doesn't need to contact John about anything anymore, right? We hope. <laughs> right, So, because that could be really difficult. And I think that's something that people really worry about, whether or not they're going to need cooperation from their ex-spouse in order to collect certain benefits. Correct. All right. So that's really good to know. And does this impact the children in any way? No, this has nothing to do with the children. All right. So then what else should people know about Social Security that would be relevant to them? Well, Social Security, you know, is a huge issue. And it's really in the context of total retirement. And the statistics are that Americans haven't saved enough for retirement. So it's really important to plan and to be able to maximize your benefit if you can. Not everybody has the leisure to do that because you may not have good health. You may not have longevity on your side. Depends if you have longevity in your family, you know, what your health status is. And, and if you're not working and you really need the money, then you need to take it earlier. It really, really depends on your own situation. All right. You know, every time that I've heard anyone talk about Social Security, it seems really confusing and it seems really difficult to be able to navigate it itself. So it what should sure people is. who have questions about Social Security do? Call me at 914-428-6440 or visit my website at www.lobplanning.com. Yeah, I think that's really useful information because I've written down those statistics myself for when I need to be thinking about this, because it sounds like there's a lot of ways to mess this up. As a matter of fact, it seems like you could make a permanent election and really eliminate your ability to plan for those millions of dollars you could be receiving from Social Security. And I hate to say this, but I recently went to the Social Security Administration with a client who I coached on what he should elect. And when we got there, they weren't helpful at all. Their knowledge wasn't always correct. And we told them what we wanted. And they will just tell you what you're entitled to, but they don't help you plan. So the woman actually said to me, you only get an 8% a year increase by waiting from 66 to 70. And I said, only an 8% increase? What's, what's so wrong with that? And she went, oh, you know, you're right. So you really need to do your own homework and your own planning. Is that a compounding 8%? No, it's simple interest. Okay. So, and let me ask about this question. What happens if a divorced couple, so John and Mary divorced, they've been married over 10 years, the divorce is over two years old. What happens if John remarries? Does that impact Mary's benefit at all? So my example is Don Juan, who got married at age 20, and he had a 10-year marriage at age 20, a 10-year marriage at age 30, one at 40, one at 50, and... Now he's 60 years old and he's on his sixth wife. How many did I just count on my fingers? Five or six wives. And they are all, as long as the marriage lasted 10 years, they are entitled to collect on him. Every single one of them. Every single wife. And that has no impact on Don Juan himself. Correct. Okay. Or the wives upon each other's benefits. So what if, I'm going to go back to my John and Mary because it's easier for me to remember. What if Mary remarries? Oh, then she is not entitled on John's benefit. She's now entitled on her new spouse's benefit, which makes sense, right? You're entitled on your spouse if you have a new spouse, 
Or if you don't have a new spouse, you're entitled on your old spouse. If she's married, previous she's spouse. remarried, but she's not been married for 10 years and she's still married to her second husband. Do you need to be married for 10 years? No, and- no. I believe I think it's nine months. Okay. So again, so just you anticipated my question. So let me just finish it so I can be really clear about this. If you remarry, right? So Mary remarries. Yes. And she she's older now. Right. And so her new husband and she are reaching full retirement age of 66, the magic number. Right. right? And as long as she's been married to her new husband for nine months, I believe it's nine months. And there's, and we can always check on that, but there's a shorter requirement for a married couple in a, in a, to be able to receive the spouse's benefit. You know, the rules are very generous. But you can't collect on a prior spouse if you have a new spouse. Right. But I just want to say, it sounds like you could think, I need to be, because if Mary divorces John, right, and then marries Don Juan, but she's not married to Don Juan for 10 years or more, and then she's divorced from John Juan after five years, is what's what happens? I, this sounds like a like a, a nightmare <laughs> a soap opera right? word problem from like eighth grade, right? If, if, <laughs> if the train to... is going at thirty five miles right. an hour, <laughs> exactly. But what if she's married to the second husband for five years and gets divorced? Then does she not entitled to any correct? Of that? No, no, she can take it on her first husband on the marriage that lasted ten she years. She can, yes. So even yes. so, she can if she has if she's Donna Juan. Right. She's <laughs> yes, Donna Juan. Yes. She can pick. Well, but, you know, people should plan their marriages according to the Social Security benefits to make sure they are they are entitled. No comment. <laughs> but if they're doing that, maybe they should call for a prenuptial agreement. Correct. All right. This is Catherine Miller. Do you Miller. do prenups? I do. This is Catherine Miller. This is Dialogue on Divorce. I'm talking today with Gail Loeb about Social Security and divorce. And if you have any questions, you can give us a call, 914-636-0110. We're also available as a podcast on my website, which is www.westchesterfamilylaw.com and also on iTunes. And so that's really interesting. I actually never knew that former spouses could pick from a series of marriages. Now, there aren't that many of us who have a number of marriages that last more than 10 years. Correct. Um, well, what about death? What about a surviving spouse's benefit? Surviving spouses may start claiming as early as age 60. Give me a scenario with, where that would happen. You have a, a woman who is surviving. So Mary is surviving John. And when she turns 60, she may file for a widow's benefit. However, if John was already claiming and claimed early and Mary claims early, there is a reduction for each of them. So it's the it's better and She can switch to her own, though. If she takes it at 60, she can switch to her own at any point till she turns 70. All right. So let's just, again, let's play out the story here. John and Mary are, John is 66 and he dies. Mary is 60. She can claim the widow's benefit. Yes. That's what you're saying. And the widow's benefit is how much of John's benefit? It is greatly reduced and it's a, there's a very complicated table. So if John had taken it early, early meaning before, before 66, he has a reduction. She will be permanently reduced. And depending on the age that she takes it, she will be reduced. If he waits till 70 
and she takes it at 66. She will, I believe. Well, he's dead. So okay. if he dies. Well, at, if he, he had taken it at 70, let's say. Okay. So if he waits, he he takes it at seven, he dies at 70. Right. Right. Anytime after 70. Right. Then she has a, a bigger benefit. I think Correct. That the, That's the, the right. short answer here is that for a widow's benefit, is it more than the spousal benefit or it's just depends oh, on Oh, the- well, that's a great question, Catherine. The widow, if you have your own and you have your spouse and your spouse passes away, you get the higher. So if John was, if they were married and John was getting 2,500 a month and Mary was getting 1,200 a month, Mary gets to step into John's shoes and take the 2,500 that he was getting. If they're married. If they were married. Okay. So is that an automatic thing that if, if they're both both receiving yes. social security benefits, then then the lower one would go away. Correct. So if Mary died, then John would just continue to receive his own same number. Correct. And if John dies, then Mary could substitute hers for his, but she wouldn't continue to receive two. Correct. She steps into his shoes. And is that at any age? So that's if they're both in their full Correct. retirement Correct. age. Correct. But if one of them, again, married couple, dies before retirement age, let's say John dies at 60, right? They're the same age. Does- Mary has to wait till she's 60 to claim on him. And she can claim on him. And if she has a working record of her own, she can let hers grow till full retirement age of 70. And is that what you were talking about there being a complicated formula about how much it would be? Yes, yes. But I do I have time to point one other thing out? Yes. Inflation is a really big monster that people overlook. So, you know, today the cost of a stamp is 49 cents. Who would have believed that $1 would only buy two stamps in 2015? When we were kids, a stamp cost three cents. Uh, The stock market closed today at 2018. In 1946, it was 18. So, I mean, I remember what I paid for my first house in 1976 or so. It was $66,500 in Westchester County. Let me just say that my parents bought their first cooperative apartment in New York City on Central Park West in 1966 for $13,000. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I bought my first car in 74, my Toyota, two-door Toyota Corolla, because I couldn't afford a four-door car. And it cost me $2,000, including tax. You can't even put a deposit down on a lease for that amount of money. Okay. So inflation's a thing. Yes. And and so the point is that you need to plan. And if people have longevity on their side and people are living well into their 90s, you need to plan for not only a 30-year lifespan in retirement, but rising costs. So is there a cost of living adjustment on Social Security benefits? It depends on the government. The history has been 2.7% a year. This year, they gave no COLA. So So every year they get to make a decision whether or not they're going to give a cost of living adjustment or not. If, in fact, they determine whether or not there's inflation. And is that determined by the federal government? Yes. And when is the decision made? Sometime in August, I believe. For the following year? Right. Well, that is definitely something to keep in mind. So when you were saying that inflation is something to really consider, you're saying that when you're thinking about your retirement planning, thinking about the fact that things that cost X today are going to cost X plus N when you're retiring and you're on on what's called a fixed income. 
And you want to coordinate that with your overall retirement plan and your IRAs, 401ks and, and investments and savings. You know, it's part of the whole picture. It's not an isolated thing. This is Catherine Miller. This is Dialogue on Divorce. I'm talking with Gail Loeb, and we're finishing up a conversation today on WVOX 1460 AM and WVOX.com and on a podcast about Social Security and divorce. And I have one, uh, another couple of questions before we finish today. Are Social Security benefits taxable? They are taxable, and there is a sliding scale with thresholds. But for people living in our area, whether you're single or divorced, the most that they are taxed is 85%. It's not that 85% of all your income is taxed, but 85% of your Social Security benefits are taxed at whatever your tax bracket is. You mean that it's not a tax of 85%? Correct. It's the maximum 85% is taxed, so whatever your tax rate would be. So how would that apply with the 401k uh, withdrawals or IRA withdrawals or other pensions that people might have? Well, you need to coordinate your, you know, your RMDs, your required minimum distributions from your IRAs and your 401ks. And when you want to start taking those and, and, you know, there's also uh, thresholds, earning thresholds for giving back social security, which is another reason you might not want to take it early. So one last time, Gail Loeb, give us your contact information for anyone who has any questions about divorce. You can be reached at what? 914-428-6440 or www.lobplanning.com. And we are offering a complimentary social security analysis. If you are an individual or a couple, we are happy to run that for you. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for joining us on Dialogue on Divorce. We'll see you in two weeks. Thank you so much, Catherine.